to Vista, episode 255. Here we are again, back at the old place, back at the dick-sucking factory. We've all taken back our old jobs, but this time, baby, we're unionized. Here he is. He's on his mandated five-minute break following his ninth dick of the morning. It's Ben. May I just say, Ben, you are smashing those KPIs. I have. I woke up this morning uh, with a song in my heart. You know, there's something truly beautiful knowing that you are getting paid for the amount of value you are generating, that there's a direct Mm. correlation between the hard work you put in and what you get as recompense. And so I have just come in and I am bruising my tonsils Mm. getting the job done. But you know what? I feel great about it. You're loving it. You're enjoying your time at work. Flirty too and thriving too. Yep. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and here's our ex-boss. But since we've flattened our corporate structure, thanks to the hard work of the unions, he's down here on the floor with the rest of us, and he is working hard. Andrew, how are you liking it down here on the factory floor? Oh, look, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's different to just sitting up there in my office, looking at, like, I'd, I'd pull open the Venetians and look down on you guys, you know? Mm. Ooh, are they sucking enough dicks right now? <laughs> yeah. He, I, I don't see a dick in your mouth. He's not using his hands at all. <laughs> uh, but now, you know, I'm down here on the floor getting my getting my hands dirty, getting my mouth dirty, getting yeah. my eyes dirty. You have a newfound <laughs> appreciation for what we do? Yeah, very much. And I think, you know, when, when it's a real group effort, it's, mm. it is a lot easier to hit those KPIs. Teamwork those are uh, those. Those key penis insertions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Those. I really think the profit sharing has just really helped as well. That, you know, before I would just come in and be like, oh, I can probably get away with only sucking three dicks an hour here and no one will really notice. But now knowing that every extra dick sucked at the dick sucking factory every day is more money, not only going into my pocket, but in, also into the pockets of the people around me. Mm. Yeah. And not just, you know, up to the big wigs in big dick, you know, like... Yeah. It's it, it's actually, it's really nice. I feel really connected to the people around me and to the work and to the dicks that are in my mouth for most mm. of the day. It's so nice to hear. Mm. There's a no, lot of new just... benefits as well yeah. now. All those, all those regular breaks, all the cum you can eat. <laughs> <laughs> the free cum is probably the best part. It's probably the biggest perk, I'd say. They used they to just used throw to the just cum throw out. Away. <laughs> yeah, and they'd lock the dumpster full of cum so that you couldn't go and get it after work. Yeah. Heinous. Now it's all, and the foosball oh. table. And the foosball table. That's yeah. great. That's it's the free fun. cum. It's the gallons <laughs> of free cum and the foosball table that have really made it worthwhile for me. Having a break and standing around the cum cooler. <laughs> <laughs> putting, putting a little paper cup underneath and holding the tap as it really How about those slowly broncos? fills up. <laughs> <laughs> How about Get orange? Get hot or ice cold. <laughs> Oh, love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life, you know? So true. That's right. Oh, that is so true. And, like, we, the thing is, now that we have this new, newfound inspired dedication to the job, we can't half-ass it anymore. We don't do things in half measures. We don't do just the tip. Yep. But we got plenty more tips for you in this week's The Tipping Report. I'm itching for another edition of the tipping report. Honk, honk. Just speaking of feeling connected to your co-workers and the common cause that you, you build towards, that was a mm. sensational segue. Oh, thank uh, you. It was invigorating. <laughs> that was nice. Yeah, it's just, uh, it went in a different direction. That was, that was delightful. 
Uh, the tipping report, of course, the segment where we talk about truck spills that have happened sort of-ish in the prior fortnight. Zero deaths. Zero human deaths. Um, here we go. First up, we have 60 tonnes of vegetables on the Bruce Highway near the sunny coast. Rips. Rips to those guys. Yep. Uh, did they get any more specific about what kind of vegetables? Uh, they did not. They used a lettuce pun in the headline, but I think that was just for convenience, not actually describing the specific nature. I mean, most produce de- deliveries will be of... Well, I mean, if it's going to a warehouse, it would all be the one for a vegetable. Hard to say. Well, it's uh, free vegetables. You know, you hmm? wash that off. You rinse that yeah. under the sink and, baby, you got a free salad. Hey, your kale has been pre-massaged because it got <laughs> run over by a Mazda 626. <laughs> uh, between 10000 and 12000 US dollars worth of vegetables on Buckland Hills Drive in Manchester, Connecticut. What did you get, buddy? Two iceberg lettuces? <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, that's topical. That's topical. You that's topical. great to come to this podcast for. <laughs> If you're buying, paying $12 for a head of iceberg lettuce, you are a straight-up fool. Can you please write in? Like, I would love to hear about someone that has paid $12. Like, you needed iceberg that badly. What were you cooking where you were like, fuck, if I don't have iceberg, my kids are going to kill me. <laughs> like, I, I paid uh, six fifty for one a couple yeah, of weeks ago. But that's, Yeah, that's all right. It's not great, but it's not $12. That's for sure. Also, it's, it's always like... Just for me, sort of noting a trend here of when it's journalists tweeting a, a photo that they've taken at the Woolworths of the price of vegetables. They're always at like a Woolworths Metro or whatever, where they're like, they're in the CBD. Yeah, the Metro one. Yeah, where you're like, oh, it's like seven bucks a capsicum there in good times. What are you mm. fucking talking about? Go to a real supermarket, you ivory tower bitch. Oh, wow, the food is strangely expensive at this IGA <laughs> on Swanston Street. Yeah. Yeah. There's like four vegetables in here in total. Oh, man, the vegetables at Night Owl are very poor quality and insanely expensive. <laughs> this is crazy. It'd be great if you had to bid on them when you went in. Now we're talking. <laughs> got our four vegetables of the day. I need That'd that tomato. I need I that love flowery. love auction vegetable store. <laughs> uh, 200 litres of non-hazardous fluid on Highway 101 near Santa Barbara. Oh, that's Truck good news. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or it could have been worse. It could have been hazardous fluid. Six hundred liters of tahini on an unnamed road in Newton, New Jersey. That's so much tahini. That's a lot of tahini. <laughs> that place is going to smell good. For it a while, is, I yeah, think. delightful sesame aroma yeah. around Newton, New Jersey. That's better than when it's like uh, a dump truck full of guts spilled yeah. all over the road. Yeah. You know, one of those things where it's like for for several kilometers around this area for the next few months. You're yeah, we're having a bad time. We've evacuated southwestern Pennsylvania because of one pig offal spill versus <laughs> several towns are experiencing a delightful sesame Pleasant aroma. Toasted sesame smell. Mm. Have toasted you ever, sesame seeds? Have either of you uh, ever been in a car that has uh, accidentally driven over an already dead kangaroo? No. No. Oh boy. Nasty. I remember we were we were on a long, a long distance trip once. Like I want to say, a drive between uh, like Canberra and Brisbane, which we used to do every year to see family and stuff. Uh, yeah, accidentally going over a kangaroo that was already dead out in the hot, hot sun, uh, which made it like splatter onto the underside of the car. 
in the hot, hot heat. And it was like you could smell it inside the car, the sealed car. And then we would stop to get out and you'd open the door. Just be hit. This wave. Terrible wave. I'll take tahini any day of the week. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Several cartons of United States Postal Service mail on the intersection of 103rd Street and Harlem Avenue in Palmas Hills, Illinois. That's free mail. That's free mail. That's for you, They can't arrest you if you take that mail. What are you going to do? Charge me with a felony because it's mail tampering? (laughs) Uh, 900 kilograms of body soap into the Chihaya River in Osaka Prefecture, killing zero fish. Really? Well, that's... They looked nice and shiny. That's according (laughs) to the beautiful, luscious coats. Uh, (laughs) Killing zero now uncatchable fish. (laughs) (laughs) Bastards are too slippery. (laughs) Uh, and finally, 34 tons of zinc into the Chion River in Peru, killing an estimated 600 tons of trout. Um, oh, no. Yeah. That really yeah, really tips the scale back the other way, doesn't it? It does. On average, each of those spills killed 300 tons of fish. Hmm. Yep. That's <laughs> so <laughs> true. Well, RIP those trout. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a real shame. I think this is actually going to cause quite a few problems for uh, the, the people living on the edges of the Chion River in Peru. Our hearts go out to them. But hey, free trout. Free free dead trout that have been poisoned by zinc. <laughs> those are yours. I they protect you from to, uh, the sun. They need to bring in one of those big planes that they use to repopulate uh, the waterways by dumping all the fish they out of them. Dump out know? some fish, yeah. There oh. he is. Hey, let's check in on the world of planes. <laughs> Plainly speaking. Uh, this is your captain speaking. Please return your seats to their upright positions as we are coming in hot on another edition of Plainly Speaking. Yeah, this is you, Lucy. Oh, this is me. <laughs> yeah, you're the plain lady. Yeah? Yeah. This is a story from the ABC. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I got it. I found it. I got it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh, baby, it's the Boeing 737 MAX again. It remember certainly that? is. You remember the Boeing 737 MAX plane that uh, they took out of the air due to well, being yeah. horribly so they're, dangerous? They're gone now, right, because they were horribly dangerous. So well, there's no reason why they'd be in the news again. They were gone. So they were gone. Uh, from the ABC, Boeing 737 MAX mid-air emergencies revealed as US agency prepares to probe production issues. Mm. Hmm. Boeing's troubled 737 MAX planes. Troubled is a very hilarious way to phrase that. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're like a guy that's been embroiled in the mob is troubled. Yeah, like just, troubled. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, have twice air- crashed. Airline authorities calling themselves mildly concerned. Mm. It's piquing our interest. <laughs> so they've twice crashed, killing 346 people, have experienced at least six mid-air emergencies and dozens of groundings in the year after an extensive probe cleared them to fly. Uh, the incidents pulled from U.S. government air safety databases are among more than 60 mid-flight problems reported by pilots in the 12 months after the FAA recertified the plane's airworthiness in late 2020. So that sounds good, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, I think it's good that they've uh, put the plane back in the air and have said, no worries, it's, it's good now. We fixed all the problems. But and maybe they haven't? Maybe they haven't. It seems like there might be some problems with the Boeing 737 MAX. Someone should look into that. Someone should look into it. 
Uh, former employees of both Boeing and the FAA characterized the reports, which included engine shutdowns and pilots losing partial control of the plane, as serious ones with the potential to end in tragedy. Mm. In one incident in December 2021, a United Airlines pilot declared a mayday after the system controlling the pitch and altitude of the plane started malfunctioning. Now, um, uh, <laughs> pitch pitch is the uh, uh, forwards and backwards tilt, right? Yeah, like the the yeah. angle of a, angle it's going up or downwards. Yeah. Now, an altitude yep. is uh, how high you are up in the sky. There you go. And, and one of the crucial things of being a plane is sort of being up in the air. Yep. Yeah, so this seems like, and I'm no expert, I don't, I've not done flying lessons or anything like that, but I, these feel like vaguely incompatible concepts to me. They do, uh, and they also seem not that different from the reasons these planes crashed in the first place. Mm-hmm. Those, those are two of the, I would say, top ten things you would like to be able to control when flying a plane. And let's list off all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. Altitude. Yeah. Number two, Altitude's pitch. up there. Pitch, probably yep. also important. Number Don't three. Don't get me started on your. Your. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. Yeah? Don't get me yep. started on that your. What's the other one? What's the other direction you can move? Spin. Roll. Your. Roll. Pitch. Sort of roll. Yeah. Thrust. Uh, speed. All of these speed. words. Speed would be yeah. good. All these things Temperature. important. Temperature. Level of oxygen. Yep. Yeah. Working toilets. Yeah. <laughs> Very important. Extremely important. Uh, and lastly, what the thing is that's on the TV. L- lastly, oxygen inside the plane. Yeah. Definitely you want to you control what's on the TV. I went on a plane the other week. Let me tell you, the entertainment selections, horrible. Who did you fly with? Jetstar. Yeah. And then Virgin, and they had very similar movies. No good. Did you fly on a plane soon? I don't I think I watched remember, anything. Um, oh. You know, well, you know, actually, I lie. Sorry, you go first. <laughs> uh, you know, everybody's been uh, trashing Qantas lately, as they mm. as they do, as they deserve. Um, I remember it. It feels like it wasn't that long ago that I went on a Qantas flight, and and they still had like the the CRT TVs up on the roof, going what? down the aisle oh, with man. one thing showing on them, and I was like, like in a small plane. Where- like a Qantas link? In, Maybe, yeah. In 2015, I flew on, uh, I believe it was, I think, Fiji Airways, maybe? Is that an airline? Yeah. Uh, on like a fucking, a, a big, normal-sized, supposedly modern aircraft, and the in-flight entertainment for the first leg of the flight to get to Fiji uh, was CRTs popping down the si- from the ceiling playing Big Hero 6. Wow. Damn. Yeah. I've never seen this. That's In crazy. In four by three, probably. Yeah. No, it was. It was straight up. It was a VHS copy. It had scan lines going across it and oh stuff. Oh, my God. You wow. would have actually liked that. Well, I was like, that's crazy. Where do they get them from? They're not making VHS anymore. It was a truly strange experience. That Very seems kind of nice to all watch the same movie together on the plane. Yeah. Me and like a bunch of other grown adults watching, watching Big, Big Hero, Hero 6. 6. What was the fine movie. What was the last movie that they made on VHS, Ben? Uh, History of Violence. There you go. Is that true? Is that a fun little fact? Last movie on VHS is A History of Violence. Yeah, 2006. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Anyway, the movie I did try to watch on the plane was Dog, starring Channing Tatum. Not very good. And it was so awful. It was so horrible American military propaganda that I turned it off after 15 minutes. Oh, no Top Gun Maverick, that's for sure. (laughs) That's... 
Like, I, yeah, I, I watched it at some point because I think I'd, I had seen it referred to as like a nice family movie. And I was like, oh, I thought I'll... it was going to be a movie for ladies, like the sexy guy and his dog. Yeah. I thought, and I'll then... give it a spin, see if the kids, see if it's something the kids would like. Because there's often things that you put on that are described as family movies. And then it's a lot of grown ups talking to each other and kids yeah. are not interested. In They're that. not keen on that. Uh, but yeah, I was watching it and was like, oh, this is all just very like. Uh, the whole movie was like, my life sucks because I was a Marine and also because I can't be a Marine anymore. And also I love the Marines. Mm. I want yeah. to kiss the Marines. And they were like joking about how many people they killed in whatever country they were in. <laughs> Very cool. Just like having uh, a lot of laughs about it. Very yeah. cool stuff. It just It just kind of wasn't funny enough or anything. It wasn't anything enough in any direction, you know? Mm. I don't recommend Dog starring Channing Tatum. Next time you're on a plane. <laughs> what do you recommend people do with the 737 MAX? Well, an ABC investigation can also reveal the US government will announce a new audit examining Boeing's production oversight of the 737 MAX planes. Did either of you watch the uh, Boeing documentary on Netflix? What do you reckon? Uh, no, that's too scary for me. Probably not. <laughs> No, I can't I remember not. what it's called. There's a documentary on Netflix. It's about how awful Boeing is and how much the problems with the 737 MAX are caused by like serious internal problems with like cost cutting, treating their employees poorly, ignoring problems because they don't want to deal with them. They don't want to pay for them. Things like that. There's a bunch of people that came out and basically said that they worked for Boeing. They would tell their superiors that there was problems with planes and with the manufacturing and basically just be told to shut up. It's not a problem. Leave it alone. <laughs> Just super cool. Yeah. Which is uh, probably related to this kind of stuff. Um, in an email obtained by ABC Investigations, the US Air Safety Investigator, the National Transportation Safety Board, said the Inspector General's Office of the US Department of Transportation would carry out what it described as vitally important work. The DOT Inspector General's Office has confirmed that Congress requested an audit of Boeing's production oversight and that the review of the production of the 737 MAX will be a part of this audit. Probably seems like they should. They probably should be reviewing it. So Virgin, which has declined to comment on the new data, Virgin Australia has ordered four of the same MAX 8 model that has crashed twice and 25 of a newer MAX 10 model, which has yet to take to the skies. But we'll probably be having a similar number of crashes. It's not great that they've ordered like four Max 8s. I thought that they were just doing these like newer Max 10s, which they had dealt with the problem. So the countries outside of the US have grounded, they have kept them grounded, right? Like Yeah. Yeah. And then they alleged that they have fixed the software problem with the MCAS system, which caused the two crashes. Mm hmm. Not yep. great, but you probably got a good price on those planes, though. They probably got such a great pl- price. Like, can you imagine what a discount Boeing would have had to have given on those planes? Oh, my God. They're doing a, th- a, a three plus one deal. They're just like, <laughs> we'll chuck in a little extra. Throw in an extra one. Take another Max one. Little Max 8 for you. Just go for it. Take another Fly one. Away, no more to pay. Yep. Uh, so, both planes in the disasters were less than four months old, and all Max planes are manufactured at Boeing's factory in Seattle. So these were the two crashes. There was a Lion Air flight that just plunged into the water. And then the uh, Ethiopian Airlines one, which basically did the same thing six minutes after takeoff. Oof. Jesus. 
And uh, air crash investigator reports pointed to a malfunction caused by the Max's flight control software system known as MCAS in both crashes. Boeing was charged by the U.S. Department of Justice and paid U.S. $2.5 billion in fines and compensation after it was found to have deceived authorities over the system's complexities and removed references to the MCAS from its pilot training manual. Oh, how many, uh, how cool. many of like the MCAS systems do you think $2.5 billion could pay for? Don't know. If, it feels like... For that amount of money, they probably could have just, you know, put the right systems in the planes. Yeah, or you could, could have added have... those extra pages to the pilot training manual. Yep. Yeah, so the thing is they didn't want to pay extra because there was enough difference in this system that pilots would have required like a day of training. Like they would have required <laughs> to pay that. extra training. And if the system is like close enough to like the previous plane or a plane that they're already trained in, then they don't have to pay for this extra training. So that's what they did and uh, killed 346 people. Holy fuck. And how many people are in jail now because of this? None of them. Which is oh. super cool that if you just have enough money, crime is legal. Yeah. Like you murder one guy and they make a whole big deal out of it and they put you in jail. But you murder 300 and something people because you were trying to cut corners and save money as like a corporate decision. Yeah. And fucking nothing happens. And I'm the first person to notice this about society. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty it's fucked really, up. Someone really should write a book about it. stuff that we're yeah. talking about here. It's fucked up, though. Uh, Every time I think about shit like this. It's not goddamn. good. It's, it's really bad. bad. It's really bad. Um, so, after all this, they've unearthed dozens of other mid-flight incidents on Max planes during the aircraft's first year back in service. Uh, pilots declared mid-air emergencies at least six times last year, including one United Airlines flight on route to Houston in October, which was not in the database. The Max's flight control system also failed on 22 separate flights, Come a on. problem which became the primary focus of the FAA's 20-month recertification effort after the two fatal crashes. So they're just desperately trying to get this plane back in the air, basically. For money. Man, for profit. It's so <laughs> super cool. Uh, more than 42 incidents involved equipment malfunctions, and on more than 40 occasions, flight crews chose to ground the affected aircraft while problems were fixed. Probably a good choice. Yeah. I reckon if I was flying a Max 8 and something went wrong, I'd probably just be like, <laughs> I'm out. Let's not. I'm out. I'm, I'm out. going to the Qantas lounge uh, and I'm going <laughs> to yeah. have a few Chardonnays uh, and, and I'm just not getting back on that plane. Hmm. In one incident on an American Airlines flight in April, multiple systems, including both autopilot functions, stopped working soon after takeoff. Mm-hmm. On landing, the crew found the backup power unit, considered vital for safe flight, had failed and was emitting a strong electrical smell. Good sign. <laughs> That's what you want. You want to smell like burning plastic when you're flying a plane. I wouldn't be happy about that uh, happening with a household appliance. Yeah. yeah. That's a yeah, bad like, smell. If my slow cooker starts smelling you know, like a burning element, I, 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 I'm disconnecting that. I'm not taking the chance, let alone in a fucking... Plane. Yeah, you're pulling it out and you're throwing it in the trash. You're never yeah. plugging it in again. I'm throwing it directly into e-waste. That's right. Yeah. Uh, another report from the NASA system detailed how in December a plane had multiple system failures and suddenly lost altitude as the nose of the aircraft pitched downwards and its speed changed rapidly. The crew was unable to provide an explanation. Now, how would you... <laughs> If you had to, in layman's terms, describe the phenomenon of a aircraft having its nose pitched downward and its 
speed change rapidly. What would you describe that as? Um, you know, plane's going up and then suddenly it goes down. Yeah, and it's just pointing down and going a lot faster because it's flying directly towards the fucking ground. Yep. It's probably Christ. going a lot faster because it's pitched down now, which yeah. is very similar to the reasons why these planes crashed in the first place. Imagine if you were on that plane. Like, you would know. Like, this isn't one of those things where, like, some lights are blinking in the cockpit and, like, the captain's like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. But everyone else is just eating their salmon yeah, or whatever. Yeah, you just don't know what's going on and it's fine. Yeah, this, you'd just be like, hey, wait a second. This seems like, bad. Like, you would very much feel a sudden, like, pitch down movement on a yeah. jet plane. <laughs> you would know that your body had rotated wrongwards at this point. Mm. That you were yep. sloped a little too far forwards. If you don't have your seatbelt on, you're probably falling over. Fuck, you're probably scary. losing your drink if you're not holding onto it, you know? Yeah. Uh, some planes also had a multitude of problems. One Alaskan Airlines Max 9 was grounded seven times over five months ago due to malfunctions with its navigation or communication equipment. <sighs> oh, this is a great line. Thanks, thanks for bolding this one, Ben. Mm-hmm. A Boeing spokeswoman told the ABC... None of the reports indicate a trend. Well, you would fucking say that as the spokeswoman for Boeing, wouldn't you? What a none, none of the many, many, many reports. <laughs> if you put this data on a chart, you would be unable to draw a line through it. It'd mm. just be a big smiley face. And then underneath the words, keep on purchasing <laughs> Boeing Maxes. Hang in there, baby. <laughs> but don't worry, it's a spokeswoman. That's a that's a yes. good boss right there. Yes. Yes. Women can be complicit in <laughs> murders, corporate that's, murders. That's so great, and I love that. It's so good. In fact, the in-service reliability of the 737 MAX is consistent with other commercial airplane mo- models, the spokeswoman said. That sounds bad. I don't trust planes now. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Uh, since November 2020, the 737 MAX has flown more than 1.5 million flight hours in more than 580,000 revenue flights. The overwhelming majority of these flights have been conducted without any incident. Like, that's a phrase. That's like, all cars are dangerous. Well, what about all the cars that don't crash? Yeah, like 99.9% of the time that you drive a car, the steering wheel doesn't explode through your head. So, don't worry about it. I don't really want, like, air travel to be like a, well, it's more likely you won't die. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to roll the dice on it at all. I don't want ideally. it to be like a close a close statistic possibility that yeah. I might make a sudden pitch down movement into the earth, personally. Yeah, people are, people have always been big fans of, of saying, oh, you know, statistically so much safer to fly in a plane. And while that's true... I don't want people to continue to say that as, like, the number of planes that are crashing steadily goes up. It's like, well, technically, technically more people die in a car. Yeah, like just, oh, well, most of our tests were fine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not ideal. Not great. It's not a trend. It's not a trend. Uh, Joe Jacobson, who has 37 years of experience as an aerospace engineer with the Federal Aviation Administration and Boeing, and who has also worked on air crash investigations. Great show. I hope they mean the show. (laughs) Found the incidents unnerving. He was most concerned about the reported incidents involving stabilizer trims, which help with the directional rotation of a plane, including during takeoff and landing. It's a D-grade airplane, Mr. Jacobson said. Oh, Boeing has a problem. It's 737 MAX is no longer hot. It's called Boeing because you're, you're 
you're bowing to crash. <laughs> yeah, that's the joke you made in the Discord like three days ago. It's still funny. <laughs> Don't pull back the curtain. Don't pull back the curtain. It's still good. I uh, can see that on your face. <laughs> Virgin Australia is expected to take delivery of its jets next year. Mm. I look forward to that. Uh, if you can afford to fly Virgin, that is. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Those domestic flights are easily 20 bucks more expensive than their budget counterpart, Jetstar. And you don't get a meal anymore. You don't get anything special on those Virgin planes anymore. Yeah, except for the cool lighting when you come on board and the music oh. selection is slightly better for when you're uh, when you're loading on. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Never noticed. Interesting. I've, I've flown Virgin like one time and I was like starstruck. I was like, so this is how the other half lives. <laughs> nice music coming on here. Oh, there's very soft, non-directional lighting. This is pretty mm. cool. Mm. I will uh, I will be taking a Jetstar flight up to Brisbane tomorrow to yeah, you will. kiss Ben on the lips. Kind and, of fucking um, light. And I booked the flight and then a, a day or two later, or like when, when it was like a week before the flight, I got an email uh, from Jetstar saying, hey, do you want to upgrade your flight? I haven't experienced mm. this because I, I do not fly regularly. Uh, do you want to upgrade your flight? And I went, no. And I ignored the email. And then um, a few days later, I got another email saying, hey, you haven't finished upgrading your flight. <laughs> and I was like, I don't remember starting to upgrade my flight. <laughs> and I looked at the email and it was like, um, that's right. You could be upgraded to business class. Put in your bid now. Oh, you never bid? You never yeah. done one of these? I have not done one of these. Uh, so, yeah, the first email, I went back and looked at it, and it was like, hey, upgrade your flight to business class. Just bid against other people for an upgrade to business class. And they've sent me three of those emails begging me to participate in yeah. this process. you still got to bid a certain amount of money, though. It's not so you can't be it. like $1. Yeah, you should be able to be like $1. You absolutely yeah. should. What are you going to do? Leave that seat empty? What if it was just a hundred different passengers going like 99 cents, 98 cents? Yeah. Oh, my God. Let me see. That's a good system, actually. Fuck them. We could coordinate that well, you know. Yeah. We need to unionize. The people that are bidding on business class seats on Virgin Flights need to unionize. Mm. Hi, everybody. It's me. It's Theo. Now, I guarantee you I'm more afraid of recording this promo than you are of listening to it, so hear me out. If you haven't already, maybe check out our Patreon. It's a great way to support the show, and it gives us the ability to actually dedicate time to this thing. You'll get all of our bonus episodes. It's over 300 extra episodes in total, and we'll set up a feed over there with none of these promos, so you won't have to hear this ever again. You'll also get access to our Discord, uh, which honestly has turned into a, a nice and funny place full of mostly normal people to hang out with. So that's patreon.com slash buntavista. Check it out. Well, they'll never get a union as good as I want down here at the dick-sucking factory, but trying to get me to bid on an upgrade, that's a goddamn scam. Must be time to check in on Scamwatch. You're on fire today. Yeah. Goddamn. Hey, you're glowing. This is what daytime? is happening? Is this what you're um, like at work? Never. Uh, so, before we get into the scam watch story uh, from this week. I have to tell my own scam watch story about a friend of mine that I saw on the weekend. I I don't get to see him very often because he just kind of he uh he flits in and out of my my life 
sort of every couple of years, he just got, like stands up suddenly and says, "I am moving to another city." You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, I think he is a person who, uh, like, yeah, just every couple of years, he clearly just kind of gets the itch to to change something significant, you know. And so, um, several months ago, I contacted him because I was going to Sydney, where he lives, and I was like. I'm going to Sydney for once instead of you coming through my town and saying, let's catch up. Um, Do you want to catch up? And he was like, ooh, I'm going to be in Thailand for three months. And I went, oh, okay. I I just kind of assumed it was like work-related, you know? And he said, but we'll we'll catch up when I get back. And so last weekend, he sort of announced very short notice as he does that he was going to be in town and we caught up and we were hanging out and I was like, so what, what took you to Thailand anyway? Um, like I, was it a job thing? Was it whatever? And he was like, Oh, um, yeah, I just, well, I went over there. I was doing a a test run for a thing I want to do. And I was like, yeah, what, (laughs) what, what is that? And he said, well, I just wanted to see if I could like move to another country and just keep logging in at my job where I work from home. (laughs) (laughs) And see if anyone noticed. Uh Uh-huh. So. so You can probably just tell your job that you're doing that. (laughs) Well, I don't know if that would have uh, tickled his fancy quite the same way. But he, so he he, like looked into it and he was like, man, I, I pay outrageous rent here in, um, here in Sydney, in the in the city, when it costs so much less to rent in other places, uh, what if I were to rent an apartment for three months in Bangkok and just fly over there one day and just keep logging into work and saying that I'm logging in? Because, like, my understanding is that his work wants him to be in the office for a day or two a week, and he's been saying, no. Yeah. <laughs> He's been saying, no, I have a medical issue. And I said, what's the, what's the medical issue? And he went, it's something that doesn't allow me to go up high in a building. <laughs> you... For real? <laughs> he was like, I'm, I'm trying to get a doctor to say that uh, I got an ear thing and I can't go up too high in an elevator. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is great. I so, love this. So he's already been doing that. And then he was like, so I'm locked into working at home, right? And uh, and so he just rented an apartment in Bangkok for three months and just went over there and then just got on Microsoft Teams and went, good morning. <laughs> and uh, someone at his work said, hey, it says here that someone's trying to log into our system from Thailand. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> And he said, that's weird. And then he never heard anything about it again. So, he's, he, that's I fine? Be so, like, I'm, I'm using a VPN that routes through Thailand uh, for privacy reasons. So, so he, said, uh, he said he read a book called like the, the four-hour the four work week or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is about like sitting down and figuring out, you know. What, what you are actually required to do in your role and figuring out how you condense it down and all that sort of thing. And he said, yeah, I figured out uh, I've got about two hours of work a week that I need to do in order to just pass off that I'm doing my job. Yeah. Oh, so, he said, uh, so he said, 
Sunday, Sunday through Thursday at 8.30 p.m., he would get onto his computer and send a message to his team that said, Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then just go do whatever the fuck he liked. Uh, and he was like, yeah, it was, the, it was the little things that were making the most trouble, like, uh, like sirens sound different there. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd be like in a meeting and a, like a Thai ambulance would go past outside and people like, what was that? And he'd be like, oh. Ice cream truck. Weird ice cream yeah, truck. Weird. <laughs> Some kind of building alarm going off next door. Um, so... Yeah, and and he it was just like yeah, and it just it just sort of kept working. I kept expecting something to happen, and it didn't. Uh, and it was like every time I was like, "Oh, it's really hot here. I'm kind of sick of the food." I'd be like, "You know what? This was your own doing." God damn! So he was doing all of this as a test run for going and doing it in like South America. Just wants to do the same thing. Yeah. Right, and so nothing bad came of this at all. Nope. Is he... Well, I mean, obviously you can't reveal too many specifics, I guess, but what sort of work does mm. he do? Government job. Of course. Yeah, on yeah. our taxpayer dime? You're goddamn right. Amazing. I would uh, recommend to everyone, read the book Bullshit Jobs by David Graeber. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. I think that part of part of what sort of brought this up was that he, yeah, he was like reading some books about it and thinking about his own work, and and of course, as we all know, with the pandemic and office jobs and everything, it's really, I think it's revealed to a lot of people how much of their own jobs and other people's jobs are just are a waste of time. Are just presenteeism. It's just mm. so just absurd being that we have this like divide. Uh, again, and I think I might be the first person to notice this, but uh, like, I just imagine you're a, let's say you're a full-time bartender and you're like... I can't imagine that. It makes me too tired. <laughs> Let me sit down and figure out how much work I do in my 38-hour work week. And it's 38 hours. It's 38 hours. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. it's just this, that, like, the fucking, the divide here is so are crazy. absolute bullshit. Like... It's- and they haven't changed. Like, I'm back at my job and that it's an absolute presenteeism place. I've convinced them to let me work from home one day a week. And on that day, I do possibly an hour's work because that's how much work I have to do. Well, I don't know. It makes me think about, like, um, there's there's been... So, the school that our kids go to has had to do, like, multiple instances over the last term of sending the kids home to do, like, a week of school from home. And because they're in primary school, that means it's not really school. They're not doing much, they, yeah. They they send them home with a little, like, stapled booklet of photocopied exercises and say, hey, why not get them to do that? By the way, no one will be looking at that thing when they're finished with it. Oh, uh, yeah. Talk about bullshit jobs. Teachers. We're paying them too much. <laughs> well, and this is the thing. Official um, Bunta Vista <laughs> position on teachers. So... So obviously they're having they're having a lot of trouble. They're really short staffed. It's it's harder than ever to get like substitute teachers, all that sort of stuff. And they've been really struggling and it has affected this specific school more than any other school in Canberra. And the other night, uh wife of the show, my wife Elna, is looking at the Facebook page for like the P and C group for for our school. And they're like, We're putting together a list of questions 
from uh from from concerned parents that we're going to send to like the education directorate or whatever and she's rattling off these questions as me and her are both like hand to the forehead bewildered by <laughs> these fucking people writing this stuff there's there's people writing stuff about like saying oh you know when you when you do this stuff at no notice it affects people like us who who we have real jobs where if you don't work, you don't get paid. And we don't have cushy government jobs like these teachers. And I keep thinking about how, like, we we get... Now they have apps. Now they have, like, a, a like these classroom apps and stuff where they'll post you little updates of what your kid's doing at school through the day. They take pictures of them doing an exercise. Yeah, they're doing whole... way more than our teachers are doing. We, we get that shit at, like, 10 o'clock at night. That's so bad. That's we a get, terrible sign. We get these these things that come through and it's a picture of your kid holding up like a, a thing that they've they've done at school that day or like and they're like, oh, this was the exercise we were doing and this is the thing that they're being taught or that they're learning about while we do it. And we get that shit at like 9, 10 p.m. at night, many nights of the week. And we're both always like, stop doing that. You, yeah. you shouldn't have to do that. Whose requirement are those things, like Story uh, Park and all that? I, I wonder if it's something that got normalized by, like, uh, by like childcare. Mm. Um, oh, sure. Because yeah. they do it at childcare. Yeah, they, they sort of they keep doing proof of life throughout the day, you know? Yeah, we're not killing your kids. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, <laughs> like, at school, I'm just like, cool, I, I trust you. That's why I send them down there, you know? I don't need to know about it. Yeah, and then but, you ask uh, the kids how was school, and they business. say it was good. Yeah, but like people, the 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 school sending kids home due to too many teachers and support staff and stuff having COVID and shit like that, or having family members who have COVID or whatever, has driven people insane. There's all these comments on the Facebook page that are like, "I drove past and there were lots of cars in the car park." That must mean that there's lots of teachers in there, but they don't have the students there. They must just be. Having a party, living it up in there, and like you can still you can still send your kids to school if you don't have any alternative, right? If you are mm. like if you're an essential services person, or if it's like I, you know, if I say I can't go into work because my my kid is at home, I will lose my job. They're like, cool, bring them down and leave them with us, and you know we'll look after the kids where you just got no other option or whatever. Um, and and people are posting this shit where it's like. Oh, my kid was at school and they accidentally went down to their unit where their class normally is and their teachers were in there anyway doing stuff. It looks like they're using all of this as an excuse to have a second planning day. Like, yeah. all this shit. Has teachers this real... had it too good for too long. No. Time to take them down. It all, it all has this air of like, um, of like, you know, I looked in the closet and saw the principal mm-hmm. and then the baby looked at me, you know. Um <laughs> But I just it it absolutely blows my mind, particularly with what we know about lots of people's jobs and how you can do them from overseas, pretending to be at work. Uh, that though those are like the industries that people go, "Hey, you're pulling off some kind of scam." It's time teachers were taken to task. Mm-hmm. So weird. Don't know how anybody can have any involvement with any teacher on any level and think. Man, what a lazy fuck. Yeah, I'm being rorted by this person who's working a 70-hour week. Like, It's insane. It's insane. It's no good. 
Uh, but every now and then, a scam works out the good way. Yeah. This is a mm. story from Fortune magazine. Chilean man who has accidentally paid three th- 330 times his salary resigns, then vanishes. <laughs> Pro move. Perfect. I am s- saluting the Chilean flag and this man. Uh, an unnamed worker at Consorcio Industrial de Alimentos, which makes cold cuts, normally received a paycheck of roughly 500,000 Chilean pesos, uh, the equivalent of 794 Australian dollars. In the most recent pay period, on May 30th, uh, a screw-up in the company's HR department resulted in him getting a check for 165,398,851 Chilean pesos. Uh, which is the equivalent of 262,000 Australian dollars. Reports Diario Financiero. Uh, No idea what that means. A Mm. Santiago-based newspaper. He took the matter to a manager to report the overpayment, which is when the HR error was discovered. The company then told him to go to his bank to initiate the return of the money. He promised to go there the next day, and that's exactly what he did. What he didn't do, however, was return the money. And after three days of calls and WhatsApp messages, the company got a message from a lawyer representing the worker offering his resignation. That's so good. He's just gone straight and hired a lawyer. Fucking awesome. This guy rules. And, like, he's done it all, like, it's been above board so far. He's gone and reported it, and then he's been like, oh, for sure. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. (laughs) Laughing, literally laughing all the way to the bank. And then laughing all the way to the lawyer's office and then laughing in his home, looking at his $270,000 that he just got. That's so good. Uh, The company has filed a complaint charging the worker with misappropriation of funds in hopes of recovering some of the lost money, but so far there have been no arrests. Well, he didn't do it. He didn't do shit. I feel like that's a YP, like legally. Mm. Which it's not. Uh, And there have been several court cases in, I mean, even Australia that like accidental overpayment constitutes not like theft but like you do have to return it uh but it shouldn't right? it shouldn't this is I a was dream in possession is nine of the law get paid too much one day i was always told when i was a 19 19 year old working at woolworths that if they accidentally overpaid you there was no way they could make you pay the money back and i've chosen mm-hmm. to take that to heart i believe that would be true. a better world like it's their fuck up that money's yours it's your fault it's in my bank account yeah what do you want me to do Log on to my internet banking? Oh, Get your you BSB and account bank? number? Uh, actually, uh, I'm a small bean and I'm anxious about telephone calls. So <laughs> yeah. I shan't be doing that. I, I just won't be doing that. That's his $262,000. Do not take it. this man's money. I mm. hope this lawyer takes uh, Consorcio Industrial de Alimentos uh, to task. I hope so too. The bold because, lawyer. Yeah. I hope they make a movie out of this case. Aaron Brockovich, but for, you know, a guy who gets to keep some money that he got. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Brockovich, except there's no corruption and it's more about uh, deli meat than the environment. And it is funny that it's a deli meat company as well. I don't know why that's so great. <laughs> what, if they, what if they just made a movie about it, but the lawyer was cast as a sexy lady? Now we're talking. And that the lawyer might be a sexy lady. We have no idea who that lawyer is at this point. That's true. That's Maybe she could play herself, you know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so this, uh, rating it on our scam rubric, craftiness is ingenious because you just wait to get overpaid uh-huh. 330 times your usual salary. So that's a 10 for me. Mm. 
more of a uh, yeah, like wet, like letting the the coiled viper letting the prey come to them. Yes, a hundred percent. Ballsiness is. I mean, he didn't really have to put anything on the line. Actually, no, the ballsiness of uh, getting the lawyer to contact them to say that you have resigned. Yeah, and just not responding to their calls. Yeah, that's, that's a powerhouse cool. move. That's a yeah. power move. I like it's a nine. Yeah, I think uh, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna ramp up the ballsiness measure on this because uh, he started off by saying, "Hey, is this yours?" <laughs> and they went, "Yeah, it is. Can we have it back?" And he went, "Oh, for sure." And then he disappeared backwards <laughs> into the jungle, putting camo paint on his face. Yeah. He fucking. No just worries, went full I'll apocalypse now on them. Head right down there to the bank. I'm on my way there right now. <laughs> yeah, <mate. laughs> Expect oh, that money shortly. Mm. Uh, so that's a 10, I reckon, for ballsiness. And then victiminess. What? Zero. I'm supposed to care about the feelings or profits of Consorcio Industrial de Alimentos? Mm. They're going to be fine. They are going to be just fine. Hey, they didn't even notice it was missing. No, that's, oh, the that's thing. right. They didn't even notice it was gone. Right. Is, there, um, is there a ghost in your room, Andrew? Oh, oh never mind. <laughs> hello. Hey, Cuz Cuz. That was creepy as shit. Paranormal activity the, situation here. The door opening, you mean? Yeah, I thought that was going to be Evie or Maeve, actually. I was yeah, surprised. Too. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's just Cuz Cuz opening the door and then going, eh, no one's looking at me. We could have had a real viral uh, BBC presenter moment there, except it's just audio. <laughs> Yeah, we're not recording the video. No, and they probably wouldn't be doing a silly little dance. Well, maybe. Uh, should we should we run it back and also scam rate my friend's scam? Or oh. as, as he oh, kept yeah. referring to it, my caper. Oh, I love that. That's actually very... That's positively changed my... It is more <laughs> of a caper. Yeah. Oh, look, and I'll, I'll say, like, we... <laughs> We related this story to my parents, and uh, my father was very unimpressed. Yeah, that's the sort of thing that a dad would frown at. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, and but yeah, like from the perspective of the man who was doing this, there were absolutely there was no like illusion of I'm finding justice for myself or anything. He was yeah. just mm. like, I want to see what happens. I want to see. Can I, I get, get away, away with this? And I will also say that he has a history of. Uh, just, just doing things to see, just just pushing the envelope and seeing. I wonder if I can just get away with doing this, you know. And in this particular case, I would say, uh, ballsiness. Mm. I think it's it's right up there. Yeah, it's 100%. pretty ballsy. Yeah, because um, a every every likelihood that you could get found out if Very somebody easily. says. No, for real, you absolutely have to come into the office for this meeting next week. Yeah. And yeah. Hey, we'll come to you. We'll have the meeting in the lobby. You know? Yeah. Oh, can't make it. Having super diarrhea that day. Yeah. I mean, this really was like flying by the seat of his pads here. This could have gone awry at any moment. Easily. So, yeah. High uh, ballsiness for sure. I, I think I think the, the ballsiness on this one for me comes with the complete acceptance that he he could have just lost his job and livelihood at any given moment of this of mm. this scenario um very very out there without a safety net kind of performance i think uh also um 
I guess, uh, in terms of like originality, inventiveness. Very well, inventive. White guys uh, with high-paying white-collar jobs going to countries where the, the cost of living is way lower and then just remoting into their jobs. Mm. That part, not hugely creative. The massive thing at the moment is like... Because lots of people do that. Yeah. It's like, there was an article fucking, about it the other day about just like moving to Bali. Yeah. Because it's cheap to live and, there. Software architects in Google. I mean, Googled software guys getting beat up in Mexico City because <laughs> the locals fucking hate them. Shit like that. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but the... Doing that without your company know that you do, knowing that you're doing it, a little that inventive. That inventive. Fun. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, who is the victim? No one. No one. No one. As we all know, governments produce free. Who are victims? Are us? Well, again, maybe the, under capitalism, the, the Thai people from the gentrification that's happening there, and who okay. are re-edged out of housing. By, yeah. Yeah, but he left. You know. Yes. All right. So problem solved. I'm there for a little bit. He 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 showed up, injected some money into the economy. And when home. The economy loves injections of money so much. Mm. Well, that's uh, I, I think that's the other pro that this one has going for it is the uh, taking money directly from the Australian people and handing it straight over to Thailand. Oh, that is true. That is praxis. Uh, so I think it's I think it's pretty good mm. on all those levels. Yeah, you know, you're right. Coming around on it. Also, just stop making us go in the office. Why do we yeah. have to go to the office all the time? Yeah. Or we'll, we'll get rid of the office jobs and then give people meaningful work. Um, whichever one is easier for companies to do. That's true. Figure that one out. Don't make me send emails all day. Yep. Office jobs. They're not natural. Nature what is. is. <laughs> <laughs> it's nature. time for Nature Quarter. Country roads take me home to the This is a story from the Associated Press. Poisonous bite leads German police to farm with 110 snakes. Yeah. That's a lot of snakes. I'm kind of picturing like... um. You know, you know the sort of pen that uh, a farmer would stand next to, maybe maybe cock his hat back a little with his thumb. You know, uh, mm. one one foot up on one of the horizontal fence palings between the posts, mm. looking down proudly at his hundred and ten snakes wriggling around, just yeah. slithering around in a big pit. Somehow keeping themselves in the pen respectfully. Yeah. You know? Well, they they just know what the rules are. The 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 fence is more symbolic than it is functional. Mm. Yeah, they get it. Yeah. Police in Germany said Sunday they discovered more than 110 dangerous snakes on a farm after a woman who lived there sought medical treatment for a poisonous bite. The 35-year-old woman drove to a hospital in Salzgitter near Hanover early Sunday and told doctors that, that, that one of her rattlesnakes bit her finger. One of her rattlesnakes. <laughs> one of. Yeah. Uh, while the woman's condition deteriorated, authorities hastily ordered an antidote from a specialist institute in Hamburg... Police visited the farm in central Germany and found dozens of snakes. In a statement, police said specialists determined the snake collection included both constrictors and poisonous varieties, which weren't housed in appropriate terrariums. The reptiles were all impounded. So yeah, They're like, all just wriggling around that big pen. Yeah. What are they doing with all these snakes? That's not a normal amount of snakes to have as a pet. They're not going to like... Oh, you mean like what was this woman doing with her yeah. 110 plus snakes? Yeah. I think people just kind of get like... 
they get crazy with it. You know, there was that guy in the US who died like a month or so ago, a couple of months maybe. I can't remember if we did it on the podcast or not, but uh, he died of a poisonous snake bite in a house full of illegal poisonous snakes and the police were like, we think we might know what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Actually, speaking of, sorry, this is a terrible sidebar, but uh, there was a story I was going to put in the podcast today because on first reading it, it seemed kind of funny. Uh, It was a... A news story from Italy of a guy somewhere in northern Italy who is a former mayor and a former journalist who died from, like, two puncture wounds to the neck, like the throat, and they they were calling it an accidental death. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I was like, all right, so this guy got stabbed by a mafia guy, and then, you know, obviously they're just covering it up. Sounds like he accidentally ran into a Dracula. Yeah, well, yeah. A, a Morbius. He got Morbius. Uh, and then I read a second story about it. And the story apparently is that uh, he tripped onto uh, his French windows and managed to impale himself uh, oh. through the neck. So not like a... More like yeah. a Final Destination style death. Yeah. yeah, not so much that the black hand came and got him and then... Cut- Paid the police to lie about it. Yeah, That's my let, biggest fear, that I'll die in a silly way like that. <laughs> I think it's nice. As long as you give your loved ones a little reason to giggle with your passing. Mm. You know, Cut in half by the world's worst atomic wedgie. You know? <laughs> yeah, perfectly bisected. <laughs> perfectly bisected, yeah. <laughs> These, I don't know what it is with snake people. Like, I get wanting to have a snake as a pet. I like snakes. I've had pet snakes I, when I was younger. That's kind of cool. To just yeah. have, a, have a snake. Right. Like just, just a, like a little guy to hang out with and they like your body heat. So they're kind of cuddly. That's kind of nice. But uh, in the same way that I like having a dog, I don't want 110. Mm. Or a I poison. Sim- some poisonous ones. I don't want a poisonous dog or a constrictor dog. I don't want either of those. I don't want a dog that could crush my neck. Yeah. No. It does seem to particularly be non-conventional pets that make people start like hoarding them. You know? Yeah. Mm. Find a house and they're like, this man had dozens of illegal capybaras, <laughs> just like capybara terrariums in every room. Weren't even properly contained. I'm also liking the phrase that the snakes were impounded. Yeah, like their cars? Like a car. <laughs> like send them to the like old snake lot. <laughs> what are they going to do? They're going to auction these off? You're going to have are to pay gonna... a fee, ma'am. You're going to pay a fee before you can come and pick up your snakes. <laughs> <laughs> One of those little wheel locks on your snake so it can't slither away. <laughs> Like, no, they're just going to drive them out somewhere in a flatbed truck and just dump them into a gulch, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they they got to drop them over to Ireland and be like, hey, fuck you, St. Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> they're back, bitch. <laughs> oh, I hate it when my reptile is impounded. That's oh, so funny. Uh, like, I guess, will they try and rehome them? Will they try and find people who want... Are you meant to keep a rattlesnake? I don't. I was going to say, surely it depends on whether or not it is even a kind of snake that you're allowed to have. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm that skeptical. I, yeah, would not be allowed to have a rattlesnake, both, both <laughs> due to the government and my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> we saw some rattlesnakes recently at the bloody Taronga Zoo. Oh. I heard great things. Yeah, and then uh, I was like, look at that, look at that little little rattle on the end there. You know? Is um, is Fiona the hippo still little? I think, is that the name of the hippo? The little baby hippo there? Oh, it's like a, a dwarf hippo or a pygmy hippo or whatever. Oh, but right. It's also very young, right? Uh, 
Oh, that's at Taronga Western Plains Zoo was the one I was thinking of, I think. Oh, oh. that wasn't me. Disappointing. No. Uh, I think we maybe have time for one more nature core. Na- fucking. One more <laughs> nature corner story here. This is also from the Associated Press. Uh, and bear with me, because it's, it's funny-ish, but it's really the... It's the end here that's the kicker. Uh, New York man and woman face $500 fines after bringing raccoon to store. Yep. A New York man and woman faced fines of $500 each after they took a raccoon to a pet store to shop for food and a store worker ratted them out, authorities said. Dog. Rat. Yeah. <laughs> Dog act. You Dog narc act. motherfucker. shit. A State Department of Environmental Conservation police officer weird, uh, got an urgent call from the Erie County Department of Health about a potentially rabid raccoon on June 2nd, the DE said, DEC said in a news release. The health department said a couple had brought a raccoon to a pet store for food and supplies and a store employee contacted authorities. Raccoons are considered dangerous wild animals because they are known to carry and transmit the deadly rabies virus. But they're so cute. They're so <laughs> cute they wash their hands like people. <laughs> The DEC officer used store surveillance video, a store-issued rewards card, and license plate information to locate the couple in the town of Attica in western New York, the department said. The owners turned the raccoon over and were each charged with unlawfully possessing a wild animal, which is subject to $500 fine, authority said. The raccoon that was confiscated from the couple was tested for rabies, a test that could only be performed on an animal after it has died. Oh, come on now. The test was negative, the DEC said. Oh. So just killed this raccoon. Uh, Well, now that I'm saying it out loud, what was that thing I was saying the other week about not having a sad story as the last one? Fuck. (laughs) Why did they need to kill it? There's there's raccoons in the wild. You don't kill them. They have to check if it had rabies. You know, can't let that rabies spread. Oh, it didn't have rabies? I'm sorry for your loss. Sorry, Rilas. Also, you Sorry. owe us a grand. <laughs> yeah. God, imagine oh, for the, the rabies test. Oh, getting the bill for your own raccoon's obliteration. That's yeah. not good. We put your raccoon in an incinerator. We actually look at the colour of the smoke to determine whether or not it had rabies. <laughs> That's so grim. But also, and this is based on nothing whatsoever. I have no evidence to back this up. There's not even a hint or a suggestion that this is the case. But I Fucking bet you these people had a TikTok for their quirky raccoon pet. Yeah, they would have had an Instagram page for sure. Yeah, and it's called like a name of a character from a Disney movie or something. Yeah. Sebastian, like the fish. What's the name of the raccoon in Pocahontas? And there's one in Pocahontas. Yeah. I don't know what his name is. I don't know if it has a name. But uh, they call it It's named okay. Miko. Miko. They have called it Miko, and they have an Instagram account called It's Miko, and their final post was on June 2nd. Yep. And it's just a black photo, no image, and the caption reads, you were our everything. We had to say goodbye to our beloved Miko because we took him to the grocery store for some reason. That's <laughs> You probably shouldn't have done that. Because like, that one's the, on you. You didn't the, need to take him to the pet store. <laughs> The jealous New York Department of Environmental Conservation <laughs> couldn't stand our success or our hustle. Just haters. They hate uh, someone that's on that grind. They do. And they love to kill your raccoon to get revenge. Mm. R.I.P. Yeah, Nico. look, if you have to own a raccoon, and this is a thing you feel you really need, stay off grid. Don't go into a fucking, you know, Don't make an Insta page. Don't use your rewards card that has your name and address on it while you're buying pet food for your illegal pet. 
Just go dark Just keep on him this at one. Home. Go dark. Yeah. And that's our advice for this week. Uh, if you have an illegal pet in your home, go dark with it. Yep. Stay off but the grid. But send us a picture because I'd like to have a look at him. Oh my god! Isn't <laughs> someone? Oh my no! Someone in the Discord has a raccoon or was looking after a raccoon. Oh my goodness! I didn't see that. Well, no, it was a skunk. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. That's even yeah. crazier. Sorry, I forgot about the skunk. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Uh, which is probably for good reasons. Uh, I don't think they're a TikTok animal owner criminal. Mm, I don't think. Okay. As far as I know. Great. Yeah. Cool. Well, see you next time, everyone. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.